Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bring the Vegas gaming experience to the palm of your hand. Bet your favorite team, try your luck in a casino, or our poker room. The earliest sports lines and the biggest limits online. Lots of deposit options. Bet on live events as they happen. The next play, the next score. Get winnings fast or roll them into a parlay and win even more. Visit Bet Online today and see what millions of customers have experienced for over 20 years. On third and three, they protect Brady. Scans the field and lets it fly. It's Evans. It's a touchdown. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there the cannons go. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing them. Hello, and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Rep Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself from BucksNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. Happy Friday. How you doing? Fine. Not only is it Friday, but we finally get to talk about an actual football game. Like this is a this is technically, even though it's preseason and the results don't matter, this is a preview show. This is technically the first preview show of the 2022-23 season. Yeah, it's exciting, man. Getting back into our regular schedule of shows, so expect a bunch more content going forward. But yeah, I mean, here we are. We were just talking a full month ago at this point about how, oh, there's nothing to talk about. Training camp is right around the corner, but like we're still kind of reeling from OTAs. But here we are. The first preseason game is here. And uh, the biggest story of the week isn't that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a football game. Oh, no. We'll talk about that here shortly, playing tomorrow night in Raymond James Stadium against the Miami Dolphins, who they have had joint practices with this week. The biggest story of the week for Tampa Bay involves quarterback Tom Brady. He did not practice yesterday. Todd Bowles came out, had a press conference, and basically addressed the media saying that Tom is going to be missing some time. He has uh, planned time off. (laughs) PTO. He's got paid time off. Um, and he will be back sometime after the second preseason game against Tennessee. So while the Bucks will be traveling up to Tennessee next week to practice with uh, Mike Vrabel and the Titans, Tom Brady will not be available. He won't be playing in that second preseason game. We already knew he wasn't going to be playing in this first preseason game either way. Um, but Tom's going to be missing, I don't know, 10 days, give or take. Now, As far as the information we have, this was pre-planned. This does not affect his ability to start against Dallas week one. And uh, to be honest with you, between you and me, maybe some of the people listening, I feel like that's where the conversation should end. Like like Todd Bowles kind of made it clear that we're going to be fine. Devin White made it clear that the locker room and everybody will be fine. We are respecting Tom, respecting his space. Everybody has all kind of theories, of course, but I, I feel like... With the information we already have, if, if you're trying to make a story out of this right now, I, I got to feel like you're doing it for the wrong reasons. The, the funniest thing to me is the people that you, you read the replies on Twitter, which is a mistake. I, I shouldn't do it, but um, people go, yeah, you know, he's probably my guess would be he's probably planning a trade or or, 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 or retiring. I'm like, OK, 
for one, he's definitely not planning a trade. And two, he's not retiring. Like, just get that out of the way. Um, I, I tweeted it uh, a, uh, like a day ago. Russell Gage was recruited by Tom Brady to come to Tampa Bay. Logan Ryan re- recruited by Tom Brady to come to Tampa Bay. Julio Jones recruited and came to Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not just going to say, oh, yeah, you know what, guys? I made you guys sign here, but uh, I'm out. So you're, you're going to be without me. It's not happening. So that you can shut that down right now. And there's all sorts of rumors. You know, Todd Bowles said the only thing you have is that it, it's a personal matter. It's it's a personal matter. And um, the good news is that Ian Rappaport went on Pat McAfee yesterday and said it doesn't sound like it's like a health issue or anything. Brady's fine. It seems like his whole family's fine. Uh, I know his parents had some complications from COVID a few years ago. Um, you know, that's something that you never want to see. And that's what a lot of people thought at first, like, oh, you know, you hope everything's okay. So the good news is that it seems like his, his family's health is fine. It doesn't seem like that's the, the issue. Um, it just honestly sounds like Rappaport kind of explained it. And then he didn't know for sure, but he was like, yeah, I'm guessing that they had something planned, something big that like Giselle and the kids were like, you're doing. And he had already retired by that point. And when he came back, Giselle was like, okay, you can come back, but you're still doing this. And he was like, okay, like, um, you know, that may have been one of those things. And he talked about before he retired, he talked about the, the balance of football and, and life, um, football and family and, and how, He's, he's tried to find that balance and it's it's not easy to do because he has to commit so much to football. This could be, you know, sort of one of them compromises that he made with his family. Okay. Like if you let me come back, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make a deal. Like I'll talk, be open with the bucks. And it was a pre-planned thing. Like, just like you said, it wasn't like something that shocked the bucks. You could tell that they were expecting it. Um, and it's, it's not that big of a deal. Is it, great no it's not great because he's going to be missing valuable time and practice uh valuable reps with a guy like robert hainsey who's an inexperienced center uh julio jones russell gage who are inexperienced wide receivers playing with brady uh you know especially a tight end room that includes kyle rudolph and a rookie and kate otten you know it's not like you have old reliable rob Gronkowski there which your chemistry was fantastic with um so it's not ideal it's like it's not i'm not we're not saying this is a great thing it's not oh this is gonna be great for him no but it's also not the end of the world it's it's really not like he's not quitting um he's gonna be there i'm sure he'll be back quickly after tennessee and honestly so they didn't practice today. They play on tomorrow. They don't practice on Sunday. They're only gonna. He's only gonna miss. He's only gonna like miss like four, four or five practices. Yeah, like four yeah. or five practices <laughs> and a preseason game, which he wasn't gonna play in. You know, it's funny because everybody has their sources nowadays. It is sources season. I mean, obviously, with the NFL schedule coming back into play, you're gonna see concrete evidence week after week. But people have their sources. It's fine. I have my own sources and, uh, you know, not to kind of not to flex on you guys or anything, but my sources tell me that Tom Brady is actually on sabbatical with Aaron Rodgers, checking out what the ayahuasca hype is all about. And uh, worst case scenario, he has a life altering experience on psychedelic drugs, comes back and wins back to back MVPs. I mean, this is this is a win win right now. So, you know, at the end of the day, Tom Brady has his personal business to attend to. And at 45 years old with seven Super Bowl championships, one of them being with the Buccaneers franchise, 
you got to believe the last thing anybody wants to do right now is give him a hard time. Is it not ideal? Sure. Is it a little out of the norm for your starting quarterback yeah. to miss 10 days of camp during this period? Yeah, it, it definitely is. But when you kind of factor in all the things that go into it and the context as to why Tom Brady is still practicing, you know what I mean? Like you just got to kind of give him a space. Uh, I have zero doubts. He's going to be locked in, ready to go for week one against Dallas. And maybe we'll see him in that last preseason game. You know what I mean? Like he'll he'll be back before then. Yeah, and and obviously, you know, we'll get into this when we talk about the game more. But this now leaves more opportunities for Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert, you know, to to play more. Um, especially since Brady wasn't going to play in either one of these games anyway. Like that that's important, right? Todd Bowles said last week that he wasn't going to play in this game. So that was definite. Um, and I think some fans kind of kind of were, were obviously thrown off guard by it because it's just like, it's not like something at the beginning of the camp. They said, Oh, well, Brady will be with us for the first two weeks. But then on August, you know, 11th, he's going to be gone for you know 10 days. Like that's just something I think that worried fans because they're like, it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, even if it was pre-planned, like maybe you should have said something, but then from the other side of the sword, why does the team have to say anything? You know, the, the team isn't like, the team doesn't have to tell the media anything. Like they don't have to explain anything. It's not that they're right. Like the fans don't need to know. So like, if it's not that time yet, why say it, you know? So um, it's, you said, it's not really any of our business. It's Brady's business. It's his family's business, whether they're on a vacation cool whether there's actual problems we hope they get solved we hope everything works out fine but you know we won't know and it really doesn't matter because right now it's not affecting football at all if it if there's questions of whether or not he'll be ready for dallas then we can start to really talk about it because then it's starting to affect football but right now it's it's not a huge deal even though like we both said it's not ideal but it's not a big oh my god what's happening (laughs) I uh, I don't like to call out people in particular. I'm not going to say any names or anything, but there was if you guys are on Twitter, there was a there was a media quote unquote outlet that had uploaded a picture that was a cover of a magazine, like a gossip people U.S. weekly magazine. And it was talking all about how Brady and Giselle are are having some issues with his commitment to football and they're having marriage problems. And they kind of uploaded that. With a little bit of, uh, I don't know, intention is the right word here, but like I, I want to believe they uploaded that thinking that that was going to answer some questions. And uh, it was just really funny. But yeah, I mean, I, I think what I want to wrap all this up with is it's always entertaining to watch how emotionally involved people get with like another guy's business. Like, yeah, Tom Brady is a pro athlete. He's the cover of the team. He's, you know, one of the poster boys for the NFL, but. I mean, they are human beings, dude. You, you know, yeah. you got to kind of realize that that football for Tom Brady is still a job, and uh, he's going to be here ready to do his job once it starts counting for real. But let's get into this preseason game. You you mentioned Kyle Trask, and I wanted to kind of open up things with him because I feel like as far as the offense goes, that's the the biggest thing people want to see. Uh, you know, veterans who weren't going to play. It is what it is. You got a couple of guys who are dealing with injuries. I have a feeling Mike Evans probably isn't going to be out there. Uh, Rashad Perryman, I don't think will play unless we get some kind of positive update. Julio Jones, I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I wouldn't expect a single starter. Y- yeah. I, I really don't expect a lot of the guys that have already been nursing like veteran days off 
uh, things like that. Robert Hainsey will obviously have a lot of eyes on him, but Kyle Trask, he's not going to start. He's not going to be playing with your first team, but we're probably going to see the most of him compared to any other quarterback on this depth chart right now. And for Kyle Trask, this one means a lot because he has just had a rough camp. I, I mean, he's had some highlight plays every now and again, but it's been a lot more bad than good. And this game, with the reps that he's going to get, it's a chance for him to just kind of show people which way we're going to go from here. Yeah, I mean, we're assuming he's not going to start first. I mean, even if he does, like I said, I wouldn't expect any uh, of the Buccaneers starters to play. Whether you're injured or not, I wouldn't expect any of them out there. Um they didn't really play much of their starters at all. The first preseason game last year, I think they played one at drive each. Um, and then that was it. So the only one I may see is like a Robert Hainsey. Maybe I think he might be the exception as like a, a starter that, you know, might actually play a little bit because you need to see more of him. Um, and then maybe a guy like an Aaron Stinney or something, because there's still a left guard competition going on. But um, yeah, I assume Gabbert would start the game. Um, as far as, as Trask goes though, just like you said, this is the, the first, the first real, I wouldn't even say test, but the first real opportunity for him because camp hasn't been kind and um it, it, it's just it seems to be i mean to be fair uh the two joint practices he didn't do awful um he rebounded with a couple of nice plays in the joint practices but um it just his his week prior to that like leading up to that was just awful and um you know, it's different, right? Practice is different than games, and I understand all that, but you, you still want to see some type of, of progression. And I, I think you're going to see a lot, like you said, you're going to see a lot of Kyle Trask. I, I think you're probably going to see Blaine Gabbard be out there for a little bit. I think you're going to see Ga uh, Trask, like you said, most of the time, and Griffin will probably play like some of the fourth quarter or something. But for, for the most part, you're going to see Kyle Trask and he needs to show something like, like he, he does. Um, I'm hoping that they, they put him in sooner rather than later because, you know, if you want to show something throwing to the seventh, eighth, ninth string wide receivers on the team that aren't going to make the team anyway, that's not really a recipe for success or how to judge somebody either. Uh, so like, I hope he gets to be able to throw to guys like Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson and Jalen Darden, like guys who actually have a real shot at making the team and have proven success in the past in the NFL. So um, because like I said, the opportunity like and people say, look, oh, he's struggling because he's throwing to these receivers. Oh, the receivers you're throwing to don't excuse bad accuracy and bad decisions and stuff like that. That doesn't excuse that. So I'm curious to see how he does. This is the first one. He has two tests coming up here, right? Technically three, if you want to count the joint practices with Tennessee as well, because you're going to play a good bit in Miami versus Miami, I should say. And then you're going to go to Tennessee and play a good bit again. I don't know if and if Brady plays in that third game, we don't know yet. I don't know how much you're going to play in that third game. And that'll be the last time I have an article up on books nation right now talking about this uh, a few days ago, it released um, how this is going to be you know, the last time this preseason that the Bucks will be able to see Kyle Trask until, you know, hopefully, you know, assuming everything goes fine, um, you know, but 
to see Kyle Trask until potentially next offseason when he might be the starting quarterback or competing to be the starting quarterback. So you have to feel comfortable with what you've seen in him this preseason. And there's not a single player on this team that needs a good preseason more than Kyle Trask. Like there, there's, there's not. Yeah, 100% agreed. Uh, I've spoken before on where I stand with Kyle Trask and – you know, I don't not like the guy. I'm, I'm ready to root for him. I was ready to roll with Trask this year. You know what I mean? During that time, uh, purgatory, if you will, where we didn't know Tom Brady was coming back or not. But, yeah, I mean, you look at the situation that he's in, sitting behind Brady, who ultimately decided to come back for a third year, drafted at the very end of the second round by the team that just won the Super Bowl. Like, it, it wasn't ideal for him to go out there and, you know, trial by fire his way through things. But at the end of the day, what you want to take away from this is you put on his tape from the preseason last year and you put on his tape from the games he's ultimately going to play in this year. If you can find an improvement, great. Seems like he sticks around and there's that much hope towards him maybe being the guy of the future. But I mean, if he goes out there and he stinks to join up, that's just what I'm so curious about. And that's what I get intrigued about more than anything, because it, it really does feel like uh, you know, I, I don't want to like beat a dead horse here, but it really does feel like it's an uphill battle for him at this point if he wants to start changing the minds of people or at least in the fan base. Yeah, and I mean, we don't know exactly how the front office and coaching staff feel, but I'm sure like they've seen they're seeing the same things we are like. You know, it's not like they're seeing something completely different. And obviously they know the process and more. They know what goes into it a little bit more, uh, more than we do. And they know more football than we will ever know, probably. But, um, you know, it's you still got to look good. And you need – does he have to light the world on fire? No. But you need to – and I said this before camp even started – Gabbard's going to be a number two quarterback. Don't the, the Buccaneers released their depth chart this past week. It's an unofficial depth chart, but Gabbard was number two. doesn't matter. Gabbard's going to be a number two quarterback. That doesn't matter, right? He, he was always going to be the number two behind Brady. But what you needed to know was that Kyle Trask was actually, like he looked better than Blaine Gabbard in the preseason. And Gabbert last year did not have a great preseason, but Trask like didn't look better than last year. So like, what happens if that happens again this year? Like, there's just there's no way you can go into 2023 with you know if Tom Brady doesn't return, which is a pretty high likelihood, I think. With Tom Brady's not your quarterback next year, there's no way you can go into 2023 thinking, oh, you know what, Kyle Trask, I think he's going to be the starter. Like, you can't expect to win football games that way and still have Kyle Trask your starter if he doesn't show you something. If he shows you signs of promise, sure, give him a shot. But if, if he continues to not progress, the clock's ticking. I know it's only year two, but... I mean, the clock is ticking here because with quarterbacks, you just you don't have that luxury of time. You don't have the luxury of time, and when you're Kyle Trask, who's sitting on the bench of a team that is very much still in a win-now mentality, there, yeah, like you said, there's no time to waste in that situation, but let's assume Brady does retire. This is his last season. He rides off into the sunset after hoisting his eighth and final Lombardi trophy at the end of this season, because we all know he will. Maybe I'm a little biased. I don't know. Um, let's assume that you know Kyle Trask is in a position where he's competing for the starting spot, if they haven't seen any improvement from him this preseason and the majority of this roster is still here, you look at the guys who are still under contract. Uh, Shaq Mason will still be here. Russell Gage will still be here. 
Mike it's Evans. Still win now, it's still a win-now roster. Right. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. You can still win games with everybody on your roster. Leonard Fournette's still going to be your lead back. So with that being said, if you don't have that great of a feeling about Kyle Trask, and once again, you're looking at a quarterback room of Ryan Griffin, Kyle Trask, and Blaine Gabbert, you better believe the Bucs are probably going to want to trade for a quarterback or make a move on somebody. I don't know what the draft is going to look like considering they're coming off of a Super Bowl win. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of look at a, a quarterback-rich draft class coming up and and maybe a free agent class with a few winners. I, I think the Bucs are going to be more inclined to, to try and keep this train rolling mm-hmm. if Brady retires and the roster is still in good shape. No, right. And it's... Like you said, if you don't have progress, you can't just you can't waste a year. Mike Evans isn't getting any younger. Chris Godwin isn't getting any. I know Chris Godwin's still young, but he's not getting any younger. Assuming Levante David returns, you know he's a free agent. Let's say he signs a one or two year deal again. He's not. He's going to be you know towards the end of he's towards the end of his career. It's not the end yet, but it's getting there. Like, do you really want to waste it on bad quarterback play? Ryan Jensen, he's over thirty. I mean, Shaq Mason is in his prime right now. Donovan Smith is in his prime right now. Uh, you, you can't waste it if you're not sure about this guy. So we hope he does good you know, because that would be good for the team that they don't have to spend resources next year to go out and get a veteran or trade up in the draft for a quarterback. That's the best case scenario, that they don't have to worry about that. That's why they drafted Trask in the first place, you know, because they were hoping to have this scenario to where, okay, you know, Brady – um, you know, he's done. Let's hope Trask can can manage because this roster can win. Do you need elite quarterback play? I don't know if you need elite quarterback play, but you need good quarterback play. And, and right now, I, I'm not sure Trask is ready for that. And we hope, like we said, there's some guys that practice worse than they play. There's some guys that when the when there's a game situation and, and the lights are on, they play better. And maybe Trask is one of those guys. Uh, time will tell. And the first test will be tomorrow night. Let's take a look at the offensive line now. Moving on from the quarterback, we keep the discussion on the offense. There's a position battle down there at the left guard spot. Luke Gedeke, Aaron Stinney, and I guess Nick Leverett can also be lumped into this conversation because all three of those guys have gotten some reps with the first team these past couple of weeks at training camp. But what are your thoughts so far? I feel like all three of those guys are going to play. I I feel like if one of them has a chance not to, it would be Stinney. But I also feel like there's just as much reason for him to want to be involved and and out there fighting for that spot because it certainly isn't his hand over fist just yet. Yeah, I do think you could see – I don't think you're going to see a a Worfs, Donovan Smith, Shaq Mason, but I do think you could see it, like I said, Robert Hainsey and um, Aaron Stinney just because that's still a battle. Yeah, and Todd Bowles said this past week that, you know, probably around the Indianapolis game, right before or after, they'd like to know. Uh, Harold Goodwin spoke spoke earlier this week about – you know, like, yeah, he needs to pick a guy eventually. Like, he needs to, you need to pick a guy. And continuity along an offensive line is so important. So, like, if it's Stinney, you need to know that it's Stinney, and you need to have Stinney be working with your, exclu- you know, your first-team offensive line exclusively. Uh, that's That needs to happen because you need to build that rapport. I know Stinney's a veteran and, and has played before, but he hasn't been a full-time starter before. Uh, we talked about sample size. He's looked good in a small sample size. What's going to happen when he plays all 17 games? Um, 
So that's why I do think Stinney's still in the lead. Um, the depth chart was released. I think Stinney was technically the starter, but the depth chart doesn't matter, especially the first one that take the grain of salt. Um, Stinney was still a starter. I still think he's in the lead. Uh, they like what they've seen from Nick Leverett. I think Lugetiki got off slow, but he really shined in, in the practices uh, again uh, with Miami. And um, maybe he's starting to come around too. So uh, I think if I had to bet money, I would still say it's Aaron Stinney's job to lose. But I, I think they're pleased with their guard depth overall because I think both Gedeke and Nick Leverett have shown flashes and they've all had their days where they're like, oh, no, well, maybe this guy could be. And I think that speaks to their depth on the interior there. Oh, yeah, it's a great feeling to be this far into the competition and feel that good about all three of those guys. Still very well much in the mix. And over these next three preseason games, you get to see a lot of all of them. But Something that I saw firsthand this week that I can appreciate about Luke Gedeke in particular is his physicality at these joint practices. Uh, we, we talked leading up into it about, you know, these guys are ready to hit other people. They, they started fighting each other at camp, and then you get Miami at the end of the week, and there was a fair share of scuffles out there. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not in the tap with every single team's training camp, but I think as far as ranking the thing, it was probably one of the more physical joint practices that we heard about I would this say, week. I don't, have you heard about the Dallas and Denver ones? Yes. Those got, yeah. those, got little, those got way heated. Those are brutal. But I like how they like kind of underplay it. Like they undersell yeah. it. You know what I'm saying? There was a there was a thing that I saw where it's like there's two types of reporting on training camp this week where, you know, there's a couple of pushing and shoving every now and again. And, and they're like, oh, my God, these guys are really getting after it out here. Uh, we're going to have to, you know, make sure everybody gets back into the locker room safely. And then there's the camp where like blood is shed and guys are just targeting each other (laughs) and they're like, yeah, it's a little chippy out here, but these guys are ready to go. It's 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 regular football stuff. But uh, that's my favorite part of this time of year is everybody just kind of getting pissed off at each other again. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah, because you have no way to take it out on. And then once you finally do, you're like, this is great. Yeah. Um, yeah and I'm sure it'll happen next week too in, in Tennessee. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of physicality, uh, especially, I mean, Miami was the Bucks one day one, uh, but Miami was, I think the more physical team on day one, just from reading it. Uh, I, day two. So I was, I was out there yesterday and, and we were watching the defense over on the far field, which the fans yeah. couldn't get that great of a view of. <laughs> yeah. And it was just as rough as you heard about <laughs> Miami was, was firing at will during some of those red zone sections. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, yeah. They two definitely belonged. I think to the Miami offense, um, but you know, they were both physical, but both days were, were very physical and um that's that's to be expected, but yeah, Gedeke was involved uh, in a, in a thing. Uh, Duke Riley was involved in a lot, especially yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's good to see. Obviously, Luke Gedeke was kind of advertised as that as a guy that's kind of uh, kind of plays with that that edge, you know, that that little mean streak, and um, that's good. And he's gonna have to continue that because I think that only helps his chances of winning that job. He's clearly the, the Bucks like that. Like the Bucks look for that in their guys and. Uh, I think most NFL teams do, but some guys, you either have it or you don't like you, you try to kind of fake it. Some guys, I think they, they try, but you either really have it or you really don't so far get it. showing that he legit has it. Um, doesn't mean he'll win the job, but I think the bucks are pleased with his progress so far. And you have to remember just because he doesn't win the job. Like if Aaron Stinney's the, the starting left guard week one, and he's a starter all this year, 
that doesn't mean Luke Gedicke's a bust. I mean, just like we talked about last week, he's from a small school and not everybody is Ali Marpet. Not everybody can just step in and, and plug and play. Those are special players. And he's from a small school and it may take him a year. You know, I think eventually he will be the starting left guard for this team. It just might not be this year. He's a rookie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like one of the things that we talked about with this draft class in particular was was guys that can come in here and contribute. And if if Gedeke doesn't win the starting job, I don't think that means he's not in a position to contribute based off of what we have seen from him already at camp and the fact that he is still very much in this position paddle. But like Aaron Stinney has pro experience. And then you also you talked about, you know, certain guys just just having it and Luke Gedeke kind of having it. You can't fake the funk at the NFL level. Like he, in college, you can probably get away with it if you're a more imposing guy. You're bigger, yeah, you're taller, you're stronger bigger, because the the skill level isn't quite as balanced. But once you get to the NFL, man, and you're going up against a defensive tackle that's been doing this for ten years, like you're 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 not gonna go out there and pretend to have it when you don't. But uh, I'm excited about his development, and I'm excited that as of right now. Uh, he seems like a guy who could very much make a dent on this roster, and I'd love to see how this thing shakes out. But the Bucks do love that physicality. Let's kick over to the inside here, the center position. These reps are going to be really important for Robert Hainsey, who had a little bit of a scare this week at camp. Luckily, crisis averted on I think, him. I think it, it was more of the fans being scared. Well, okay, but I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot blame people for having a heightened sense of anxiety as far as I injuries know. go. And anytime you see injured and the word cart in the same sentence, people go berserk. Yeah. Like, that's... Well, Hainsey was good. He was he was back at practice the very next day. He has looked fine ever since. It was just uh, cramps, folks. Yeah, and, and, and I will say that for Hainsey right now, we get to talk about how the preseason is really important for him. But I hate to bring up the absence of Tom Brady again, but Hainsey is one of those guys where like, you know, Tom Brady isn't necessarily hurting the team, but Hainsey not having a starting quarterback who he desperately needs to kind of figure it out with. That's not going to be ideal for him. Yeah, that that hurts. And I think that I think that one is probably the one that hurts the most. Uh, you can develop chemistry with receivers, right? With Julio Jones, Russell Gage, Kate Auden, Kyle Rudolph. You can develop chemistry with those guys, but it's the, the quarterback center relationship is something that I don't think enough people talk about. Um, enough casual people. Like the, I think the people that play football and like quarterbacks and centers, like they understand, like, that's important. It's, it is incredibly important. A high snap, a low snap can throw off the entire timing of a, of a play. Like, and it could change the play. So you need to have good communication there. You need to have good chemistry. You need to know what your center likes and the center needs to know what your quarterback likes. Um, that's the one that I think, yeah, Tom's absence does really hurt and affect, but I, you know, the Bucks still have Hainsey's had his ups and downs, right? And I think that's to be expected, especially when just being thrown into it. It's not like he was going into camp expecting to be the starter. Um, he knew that you know the team re-signed Ryan Jensen. Hainsey was going to be possibly competing for the left guard job. Like there was a possibility he was going to be the left guard. Um, I still thought that Stinney had the inside track, but like Hainsey was in that competition. Then on the second day of camp, hello, you're the starting center. Uh, and there's not really much of a competition, but you're, you're the starter. Um, oh, do you sign a veteran? No, we like you. So, um, you know, it, it's Hainsey. And um, 
like you said, I, I think you know, snapping the Gabbert and Trask is one thing that'll be valuable and will help him, but it's not the same because, you know, they go into Dallas and Gabbert or Trask won't be back there. Snapping, you know, he won't be snapping the ball to them. He won't have to communicate with them and be, you know, be loud and like make sure that, you know, they're both on the same page, um, you know, and, and that matters. Uh, so I'm interested to see what Hainsey does. I'm interested to see. I think he's going to play. I don't know how much. I think he might get a series or two. Um, I don't think he's going to play a whole lot uh, because, I mean, if he goes down, like, yeah, legit, it, 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 yeah, like these, these reps are important. But they're not, not so important. important enough as to where he's going to be out there for most of the first quarter, even like I, I think I think two drives tops you'll probably see of Hainsey, maybe three if they get crazy, but like much more than that, they're just pushing it. Yeah, and I honestly think you'll see yeah two or three drives of Gabbert too, and I think that'll be it for him. Um, so I, it'll be interesting to see how Hainsey does, um, and because he's. He's an X factor this year. Now he is, if he does well, that could change the trajectory of this team. But if he does poorly, that could really hamper their, their ability to win a Super Bowl. Because like I said, that center is basically the quarterback of the offensive line. He's the guy who, you know, there's two players that touch the ball in every play, the quarterback and the center. Like those are the, are the two guys that are going to touch the ball in every play. And uh, when you have an inexperienced center like that, you want to get him as many valuable reps as possible. While we continue to talk about the offense before we look at the other side of the ball, I know we've talked a lot about the wide receiver room and and with a guy like Brashad Perryman more than likely not going to play this week, it opens the door that much more for these guys trying to make the team further down the depth chart. But the only name I really want to focus on this week, Scotty Miller, we've, we've kind of had discussions about and we know what this game means to him, but I want to talk about Tyler Johnson because he's, he's had his plays at camp. But joint practices, from as far as I know, he hasn't been awesome. And uh, day two when I was there, I had I, I saw a couple of drops from him as well. And I feel like this is where he's going to have to kind of start to kick it in high gear here. You know, it is. And uh, that's something he's always struggled with other teams. It, it seems like he does. If if the Bucks were playing the Bucks every week, he'd be a pro bowler um, because he does very well. And that's ever since he came into the league, he's done very well. Uh, last year's camp he was really good too and um but when when there's another team coming into town whenever he's playing against another team he just he fails to capitalize on those moments and this is like one of scotty and miller scotty miller or tyler johnson not is not going to be on the team like in a, in a month like they're not like one of them is not going to be on the team maybe even both so both of these guys have critical camps and preseasons ahead of them um i i still like tyler johnson obviously more than scotty miller everybody knows how i feel about johnson but he needs to prove it like he he needs to prove it you're going to be going i don't expect miami to play a lot of their starters either so you're probably going to be going up against a second or third string defense for most of the night if you're good enough to be a you know fifth or sixth wide receiver on this team with a stacked receiver room you need to prove it. You need to go out there and, and, and be productive. Scotty Miller, same thing. Like um, they're two very different players. Obviously we know that. And that's why I think Johnson may have the edge uh, because I think he can block a little bit better. And that really matters in this offense, but he just, yeah, he, he's gotta, he's gotta turn on or else he could be in real danger uh, of not being here in a month's time. And, and the same thing with Scotty Miller. 
Um, Scotty Moore is another guy who, like Johnson, flashed, you know, early on. Um, but it was kind of quiet uh, during the, the joint practices. And um, they're going to be looking, I think, to give them a lot of reps. Like you said, I, Mike Evans ain't going to play. Chris Godwin, we know, isn't going to play. Russell Gage now with his injury, which uh, just to provide a little bit of an update, Todd Bowles said he tweaked the hamstring just like Mike Evans. So while there shouldn't be any issue for the opener in Dallas, I think they're being cautious. Uh, I don't think they want to test anything. So maybe he plays week three, if, you know, the preseason, if Brady plays to try and get some of that chemistry. Um, but I wouldn't expect to see him out there anyway, anytime before that. Um, and Julio, Julio is probably not going to play either. So it's like the wide receivers one, two, and three are going to be Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson, and Scotty Miller. Like, there's your opportunity, guys. Like there's feels like the, it feels like the playoffs again. <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? That that was the starting lineup versus the Rams in the divisional round. Um, but like here is your opportunity, and you need to show it. Like you do. Jalen Darden has the edge to make this roster, and a lot of people still question it. Oh, why is Darden a lock? One, this is year two for him. This is year three for Johnson, and year four for Miller. So that's the two differences there. And then two, Jalen Darden is the returner. They like him at returner. He has a specific role. Scotty Miller, North Tyler Johnson, none of those guys have a role like that. So they need to carve out a role by playing receiver and playing it well. And they're going to have to shine if they want to make the roster. The running back room, I think the uh, the first chance of the year for a lot of fans to get a good look at Rashad White. I that, think you're going to see a lot of him. Because yeah. I, I don't think Leonard Fournette or Giovanni Bernard's playing. I would be surprised if Gio plays, but I mean, he got a lot of work against Miami and he did look good. He broke away for a pretty long touchdown on the ground yesterday uh, during the two minute drill period. But yeah, Rashad White, I mean, he's going to be the talk of the town after this game. I I don't think this is a very hot take here because we know that, you know, you're going to see a lot of handing the ball off in this preseason game, kind of running the clock down. But I think Rashad White, whether he's catching the ball out of the backfield or taking the handoff, He's going to be one of those guys who making the most of this. And the other running backs, you've got uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Don't let me forget here. Shad White, Keyshawn Vaughn. Why am I? Oh, Gio Bernard was the guy I wanted to say, but he's probably not going to play. Well, and if well, he does, it's guy, not going to be very long. Yeah, no, the other guy is Kenyon Barner. So. Thank you. Yeah, how uh, the hell is he still on this team, by the way? <laughs> yeah, we were. I actually, me and James, uh, I, think, I think it might have been the Tuesday that we were at practice. And I was like, I was asking him, I was like, is that Kenyon Barner? And he was like, yeah. I was like, we're in like, I said, this, I said the same, I said the same thing. I was like, how is like, he's still here. <laughs> I know, dude. <laughs> like you, you hear about guys year in and year out who kind of like always seem to end up on the roster. Like I remember for a couple of years, we had that case with Dario Ogunbowale. Like for a while, I mm-hmm. thought he was gone. And then training camp comes around and there he is on the roster again, ready to go in preseason. He did make some plays during the regular season, but like, yeah, Kenyon Barner, I've seen enough of him to know that I don't really care for him on the team. I know he isn't that great of a returner and he's nothing more than a preseason running back to me, but it's, it's still just kind of funny that, you know, and, and what, what number does he have? Like 30 or 80 something? 30, I think 38, 38. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't, the, the numbers have gotten crazy, but I haven't seen a running back with a number 80 yet. So besides great Cordell Bashan, but hey, it's um, training that, camp. I wouldn't rule anything out. Well, that's why, and that's why I don't expect Giovanni Bernard to play it. Is I look at it as you have three running backs. You have Rashad White, yeah, Keyshawn Vaughn. Oh, I mean, both of those guys I think need a lot of reps. Rashad White, a rookie. Keyshawn Vaughn, 
you know, he needs to prove himself too, just like Kyle Trask. I think this is a big camp for him as well. Um, he's looked to me eh, like the same guy. Like he's just, he's looked like the same exact guy. He's an inconsistent pass catcher. And I, I think he's not really going to change. I just think he's going to be that guy, but you, again, you need to see it in the preseason. Um, and maybe that changes against like actual competition in a game. But uh, I, I think Kenyon Barner will, yeah, I, I think he may get an opportunity to return kicks. Stop giving me that look. Um, I, can't, I, can't, I cannot <laughs> believe, I cannot believe you were going in on your guy Sneak Vaughn like this. Yeah, I know. That's your it's guy. A it's, a, it's a shocker. That's huh? your dude. <laughs> it's, it's a shocker. And then. <laughs> So no, I have one what, more. What, what I, changed I have, your tone so quickly? I have one more funny camp story. Um, on on Monday, uh, the running backs were catching passes out of the backfield. Brady threw one to Fournette. It was caught. I think Gabbert threw one. Rashad White was caught. And then yeah, Trash threw one. And the only drop was Keyshawn Vaughn. That was the only running back that dropped one. That's, of course. <laughs> oh, not your boy Sneak, man. <laughs> I just literally, I just looked at James. I just let out like a little chuckle. <laughs> uh, oh. Nothing, nothing, nothing personal against them. It's just you know, just like Bruce Arians said, like I don't, I don't hate you as a person. Just your football sucks. Like you know, <laughs> so. So I know this is technically a game preview show. It's hard to really like break down. You can't, what a pre- you can't break down a game. Yeah, right. You can't really break down a a a, a glorified scrimmage, if you will, between Miami it's a and scrimmage Tampa inside Bay. of a stadium. Basically. As we look at the defense and the guys that are going to be out there, you know, none of your starters, obviously. But if you want to take something away from this defense after the game on Saturday. Uh, Evan, what would what would you want your biggest takeaway? Like, what do you what do you want these guys to go out there and accomplish? Well, I think um, some notable players that will be out there. I think uh, Logan Hall. I think he's going to be out there. Um, he could be a potential starter for them this year. I, I would expect him to be out there. Um, I think Anthony Nelson might get a few reps here and there. I think they still want to see what they have and if he can be that that third, you know, edge rusher for them, or else they need to sign a veteran or trade for a veteran. Uh, you know, I think they want to see a little bit more. I wouldn't expect Anthony Nelson to play a ton, but it wouldn't shock me to see him start the game. Um and then KJ Britt uh, replacing Kevin Minter essentially uh, as that third linebacker. I've heard good things about him in camp. I want to see if he can continue that. Uh, Grant Stewart has struggled at, as an actual linebacker in camp, which, I mean, hey, he's like he's a special teams ace. Like you're not expecting him to go out there and be like this all star linebacker, but you'd like to see a little bit more improvement from that, him there. Uh, I'm curious to see the safeties because. Like, is Keanu Neal going to play? Obviously, I don't think Antoine Winfield, Mike Edwards, like Logan Ryan, those guys. But Keanu Neal's a guy I could see playing. Like, I could see a guy like him playing. Um, you know, Nolan Turner, the undrafted free agent, I believe, out of Clemson. They've liked him. He flashed early on in camp, has slowed down a little bit, but uh, he's a safety. If they carry five safeties, he could be that fifth safety. So, I'd keep my eye on him. And then obviously as far as the corners go, Zion McCollum, I think he'll play a good bit as well. The Bucks really obviously love his athleticism. He has all the tools. I mean, you're if you're talking about tools, he was a first, second round talent. But you know, actual traits like in and, and film and stuff, like actual film, I shouldn't really say traits, actual film, that's what landed him in, in the fifth round, you know. But um 
he's very raw. And I think you're going to see a lot of ups and downs with a player like that. Right. You know, it reminds me a lot of Jamel Dean. He had all the tools. Jamel Dean, if you want to talk about like tools and traits, Jamel Dean might be the most gifted cornerback and they're on the roster. Like as far as speed, height, you know, ball skills, it's just a matter it's gonna of be a hot it take for a lot of people, by the way. I, I want you to know that a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, what I, the hell is this guy I, talking about? Traits wise. Okay. Carlton Davis is the best cornerback on the roster, but traits wise, as far as pure traits and ability, Jamel Dean might be the best cornerback on the roster in terms of just physical traits. Uh, that is important. I know people ignore that because that's not the the hot take they want it to be. But as far as physical traits go, um, I think Jamel Dean is uh, the, that guy. And he struggled with consistency early on. So I think you could see a guy like Zion McCollum struggle with that type of consistency. But uh, I, I'm looking for those players both and this is important to remember both on offense and on defense you're calling in plays but you're not running like the most complicated things i mean you really don't script maybe your opening drive but beyond that it's 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 not like you're there's no game planning you're not saying oh we're gonna attack the middle you know with this linebacker right here struggles against man coverage so we're gonna like you're not really it's gonna be a different linebacker every quarter so it's yeah that's why that's why it's not the best when you try to break down in the long run what's gonna play out during these preseason games but i'll tell you this seems like we have saved the best part of the game for last a kicking battle still in full swing, man. Ryan's suck up yeah. was a perfect seven for seven on day two of joint practices. I, just, I love how nobody's giving it like no, like nobody's tell me when nobody's folded. N- nobody had a, has had an off day. Like there hasn't been like, uh, yeah, Jose Borgales. Bo- Borgales, I mean, five for seven, uh, one of the days this week, but like that's the worst either of them have had yeah. throughout camp. I think suck up his worst Suck-up's so far is six for seven. Yeah. Like, He's just been, and right now you have to say suckups in the lead. He's the veteran. Like, I mean, if he keeps kicking that way, you have to keep him. It's like, his job to lose. Yeah, like you know, and and I think I think it's close, but like, push comes to shove, they're gonna go with the veteran who's been there for three years. So, um, I, I'm I'm curious to see the rotation of it. Looks like we talked about the Bucks take their opening drive and they score a touchdown. I think it's gonna who be goes out for the who who goes out for the extra point. The next drive, they go down, kick a field goal. Who's going to go out for the field goal? Does it matter how long the field goal is? Do you want to see if Borgales can make it inside of that 40 to 35 range? Or do you want to see if Suckup can make a 52, 53 yarder? Uh, you know, that'll be interesting to see. And these ones matter the most. I think coaches put a lot of weight on kicks in the preseason more so than in practice. In practice, it is completely different. The preseason, you have a whole stadium of fans, not just the, the couple hundred that are at training camp practices. You have you know, a couple thousand that are there inside of a stadium with the wind blowing, another team actively trying to block it um so i that's i think this is going to determine this is the first one obviously it's the first preseason game they're not the bucks aren't going to name their kicker after this game um but this is going to be the the first step in determining who's going to be the kicker and it's been a uh it's been quite the battle and i think it's probably been the best battle of camp but you just don't talk about it a whole lot because it's not it's just it's a kicker and like ever since ryan stuckup came to town the kicker has been like 
it's kind of been a normal. It's been normal. <laughs> right, exactly. We we haven't had to worry about kicking trouble since Ryan Suckup came to town, and, and I'm forever grateful for that. I mean, every single week, a couple of years ago, the 2020 season, we were saying Suckup doesn't suck. He had a little bit of a hot streak. Our boy was ice cold in the best way possible. And didn't and, uh, miss a kick in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I mean, I am excited uh, to see how it ends up shaking out, but as of right now, our kicking game Definitely feels like it's in the best hands it's been for a lot of years. But, Evan, before we wrap this thing up, uh, I figured we'd put a bow on it with a special announcement. I know we didn't we didn't really publicize anything that was going to be said on today's show. I don't even know if you know what I'm talking about. Maybe you figured it out by now. I don't. <laughs> it, oh, really? Okay. So uh, I, I think I have an idea. I it's think a programming I have an idea. alert. It is. Uh, I think it I is. Have an idea. It is an addition to the content that you get from us all season long here on the Cannon Fire Podcast. We are incredibly excited to announce that this year we will be doing a weekly Buccaneer mailbag show with former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Sean King. We did one a couple months ago, and people responded to it pretty well. A lot of great questions were sent in, and we got a lot of sound bites that I wasn't expecting to get. One Spoiler of the things- alert. That was the test run, folks. Yeah, exactly. That was the <laughs> test run for what was hopefully going to be a weekly segment here on the podcast. So be on the lookout for that once we get closer to the regular season. But we are going to probably have him back on the show here soon just to kind of formally introduce you to everything that's going to be happening the format of the show, things like that. But uh, yeah, if you've been listening to the podcast up until this point, there's a there's a little inside scoop for you. I got I got an inside scoop for you. There you that's go. For, so, that's yeah, for you guys. Yeah, we're <laughs> we're really <laughs> excited, and um, you know, like you know, just like you said, we're adding to to the content. We we didn't do a mailbag every week last year. I don't think. No, uh, yeah, we did. Every week, though? I mean, it wasn't. It was like every other. Okay, so the idea was to do a mailbag every week, but we wouldn't, no, always, get, idea. We wouldn't always get questions. Yeah. So we would so have sending to kind of. questions, guys. Come have on. have to kind of call I mean, in an audible on and, that and, one. And, and the thing is, like, you know, since we have Sean King, you know, it can be questions about that week's game. It can be questions about the upcoming game, or it can be questions for, you know, Sean King himself, you know, about his personal experiences playing for the Buccaneers, playing in the NFL, um, being a quarterback. You know, it, it can be these things. Like, we're not just going to discuss us just strictly you know oh the last week's game or this next week's game it'll be basically that's just show that's going to be dictated by you guys you know what you guys want to see answered and uh yeah we're really excited so that's uh you know it's going to be happening in the regular season every week uh haven't decided on an exact day yet but obviously once we do we will let all you know and uh yeah we're really excited Season prediction show also just around the corner. That's, That's going to be coming soon. I, I feel like it's a rib at this point. Like we've been telling people every it's, week. It's we're gonna coming. T- yeah, it's coming. We're going to be halfway through the season talking about week eight's game. And we'll say, yeah, you know, season prediction show right around the corner. Don't and, you worry. And it's, it's just so going to happen. I mean, you had the exact same predictions and all even the right scores of the games prior to week eight. We're going to have the exact same. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I had the Bucks beating the Cowboys 24 to 21. Actually, it's funny. That's why I, funny asked that. And I, I said <laughs> that Tom Brady was going to throw for 252 yards. And, you know, I, I said all that. So cool. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the pressure of getting the record right for the uh, for the third it's straight the year. Pressure. It's a lot for of pressure. Me for, to me, it's fourth straight for me. That's, that's why we haven't it, done it yet. Because like. <laughs> I, I was I'll I'll give you guys a little inside scoop. I was thinking about it last night, and I may 
have made a change or two last night because I was thinking about it. I was sitting in my notes app and I was looking at it and I was like, injuries mm-hmm. happen. They change things. Injuries happen. That And that's why we try to do it at least after the first preseason game, because you never know. Like, and that's just not with the Bucks. That's with teams on the Bucks schedule. You know, things can happen. You know, remember last, uh, not last year, but 2017, the Bucks were supposed to go up against Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill tore his ACL. Now they're going up against Jay Cutler. Like that happens. Like, you know, things happen. So that's why. That was that's a why wild we, we, time in Dolphins history. <laughs> By oh, the way, great. when you've got Ryan Tannehill and Jay Cutler as your backup. Well, I mean, Jay Cutler was a starter because Tannehill oh. was hurt. But, yeah, um, no, you're right. Like I said, yeah, Tannehill, like I said, he tore his ACL like the first day of camp. Um, I'll still never forget that quote, though, from Jay Cutler's introductory press conference when the, the reporter asked him, uh, yeah, you haven't played, uh, haven't played football. I was actually mentioned this to my dad like last night. You haven't played football in about like a year. What, what kind of shape are you? And he said, "Well, the, the good news is I play quarterback, so I don't have to be in that great a cardiovascular shape." But I was like, "That's great. Like, that <laughs> I, is great." Man, I've gotten a kick. Uh, if you guys like podcasts, make sure you check out Jake Cutler's podcast. I can't remember the name of it, but yeah, he's he had just a, started recently. Yeah, he, he's had a lot of good guests on there. Um, and he's he's just a funny guy. He had Pat McAfee on there. That was the first episode I was able to take a look at, and it was it was. He's so stuff. careless that it's funny. I know like, it translates so well to being a good podcast host because I think if yeah. you're gonna, I think if you're gonna do a major sports podcast and like, you know, if you're not the most informed person in the world, the least you could do is be a little bit funny. For Jay Cutler, it kind of comes naturally for him. So uh, go check that out, folks, if you haven't. With that being said. Ladies and gentlemen, unless I missed anything, I think that's just about going to do it. One one more program. Oh, I though. did miss something. All right, here we go. During the regular season, we go live for a game recap show after the game. Yeah. For this, for this preseason, we won't be doing that. So we will have the show for you on Sunday, not after the game on Saturday. So if you're expecting Saturday night, you're expecting a show from us. Don't, but we don't worry. You won't have to wait that much longer, just a couple more hours, and we'll be here to recap everything and talk about what went right, what went wrong, who looked good, and this and that. Just remember, the wins or losses does not matter in these games. So please do not, if the Bucks lose, please don't say, well, there goes the season. Uh, this team's done. This, I mean, this yeah, this team's coasted. coasted. These guys are terrible. Half of them. <laughs> they signed even- a bunch of players out of their primes, and it's going to be... Yeah, I mean, Saturday night after the game, I, I probably won't be any sort of condition to do a podcast. I may why, or, why is Todd Bowles still their head coach? <laughs> I, may or, I may or may not be uh, staggering around the parking lot after the game because I feel like you I may I, or I may not be there. We don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know yet. But I feel like the preseason games, you can always have a little bit more fun. Like I, I can get a little more drunk yeah. in the preseason the, games. This is the fourth quarter. Nobody knows anybody's names. <laughs> right. And, and you're just sitting there. The stadium's like. 75 percent empty and you're just like all right this is cool. most of the people in there are like walking around you know yeah, the people they, from the nosebleeds come down and stand in the end zones which is probably what i'm gonna do but uh, it should be a good time first bucks game in a lot of months literally since january so uh if you're going soak it in it's the only home preseason game we got it's always an interesting experience but at the end of the day it is tampa bay buccaneers football and it is back just about 24 hours from now the Bucks will kick off against the Miami Dolphins in Raymond James Stadium for the first preseason game of the 2022 season. Thank you for checking out this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Check out the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. 
Speaking of Bucks news, as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL and check out his written work at BucksNation.com. Got anything cooking this week? Uh, so for the preseason games uh, and probably for the regular season games, I'm going to be doing the standouts from each game. So uh, I may be doing the players that struggled, but I know for sure I'm going to be doing the standout. So stay tuned for that sometime on, on Sunday as well. I'll be honest. We probably should have uh, said this much, much earlier in the show, but I, I just now remembered and I would be remiss if we didn't say anything at all. Uh, it has been pretty much exactly one year since we lost Mark Cook here in the Bucks beat. And yeah, um, oh, well. Yeah. God, it sucks, dude. Like, like, like seriously thinking about it. Uh, he is incredibly missed. And one of my favorite things about Mark, I've said this plenty of times, he brought a lot of humanity to the Bucks beat, but he was just, I mean, he was just a fan. You know, he was informed as a reporter and he did a great job as a journalist. I really enjoyed his content. But what took it to the next level was his 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 connectivity, the way that he always made time for everybody and just the guy that he was like when when you watch episodes of what's cooking now, you know what I mean? Like those players, they He's like so talking funny. to Mark. A lot of them don't like talking to media guys. And, and Mark was just different. He always made time for us. He always made time for uh, for the podcast. And he, he really is missed. Yeah, yeah, it's just uh, hard to believe it's already been a year. Um, yeah, you're you're really missed, Cookie, and um, yeah, it's hard to believe you that that you're gone. It's hard to believe that you know you're not geared up to to start covering the team again for another season. Um, but uh, yeah, it's you know I don't really have much else to add. Just you know you you covered it. He was uh, he was one of a kind. And if you guys haven't yet, uh, go and, and listen. Uh, Pewter Report did a a tribute show to Mark Cook few days ago you can go on their youtube channel and, and find it and listen to it and uh, they play a few sound bites and stuff and it's just it's so funny um he says he was really one of a kind there I, there hasn't been a guy like as far as like a a media guy like a journalist that's been able to make i think people laugh more than mark cook has when it comes to sports and and this team in general so uh yeah you're you're really missed and um you know, we, we, we know that you're, you're looking down on everybody and uh, we, we know that you're, you're up there, you know, smiling at the books or gearing up for another, hopefully championship run. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, you're really missed. Thank you folks. Once again, for checking out this week's episode of the cannon fire podcast. I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We will talk to you Sunday after the game until then. And as always go bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.